This is the Justice Fighter Podcast. Justice Fighter Podcast. With Attorney Gerald Griggs. Well, we have conversations on social justice, civil rights, and political news that affects us all. Let Attorney Griggs put you on game. Only on the Justice Fighter Podcast, y'all. Hey, what's going on, guys? Attorney Gerald Griggs, the Justice Fighter, here on the Justice Fighter Podcast on the Justice Media Network. And I just got off the phone with my good friend, Attorney Lee Merritt. Uh, many of you know, social justice warrior, civil rights lawyer. Um, civil rights activist, um, and he was just telling me about a case that I'm just finding out about, and that's the case of Ahmad Aubrey. Um, and I want you guys to know about this case and, and put your eyes on what's happening uh, down in the southeast corner of Georgia in a in a little town um, called Brunswick, Georgia. Uh, and there was a situation that occurred back in February um, that we are just now finding out about. And I want to make sure that I bring it to your attention and get you all of the information. And Attorney Merritt has issued a charge to the community to elevate their voices uh, to get justice for the family of Mr. Aubrey. Uh, but I'm reading Lee's um, Facebook post uh, from yesterday around 11 a.m. I'm, I'm not often taken back by racial violence. It's, it's an everyday reality for millions of people in this country and I routinely get the call when it occurs. Every day going forward, we will not rest until Ahmaud Arbery gets justice. Here's a summary of his murder published by the New York Times. On Sunday afternoon, February the 23rd, 2020, uh, as Ahmaud Arbery ran through his suburban neighborhood while going for a jog, he passed by a man standing in his front yard who later told police that Mr. Arbery looked like a suspect in a string of break-ins. According to the police report, the man, Gregory McMichael, 64, called out to his son, Travis McMichael, 34, they grabbed their weapons, 357 Magnum revolver, and a shotgun and jumped into a truck and began following Mr. Aubrey. Yelling, stop, stop, they shouted at Mr. Aubrey, we want to talk to you. Moments later, there was a struggle over the shotgun. Mr. Aubrey was killed, shot at least twice. No one has been arrested. And so those were the statements um, by Lee um, and the news report that happened in the New York Times uh, about this, this killing. And so my, my big issue was it happened back in February of uh, 23rd of 2020. And, of course, we're going through the coronavirus uh, situation. But many here in Georgia and around the country did not know anything about this case. And here we are in April. And, and so my hat's off to Lee Merritt and Sean King and, and many of the activists that are bringing this to our attention and the grassroots law. And, and you know, I've spent some time talking with them um, about the case. And, of course, the Georgia NAACP is now involved uh, in the case, and I've spoken to uh, State President uh, James Woodall, who will be traveling down um, to Brunswick to talk to the family. Um, but my concern was the fact that we didn't know anything about this case, and there was very little news coverage in the state of Georgia about what happened. And so it took the New York Times to write a piece uh, for us to get information. And so I want to kind of go through the New York Times piece and so this is from the New York Times. Uh, this was on April the 26th, 2020 from the New York Times. Two weapons, a chase, a killing and no charges. A 25-year-old man was running through a Georgia neighborhood, ended up dead, and the prosecutor argued that his pursuers should not be arrested. Brunswick, Georgia. Ahmaud Arbery loved to run. That's what the 25-year-old former high school football standout did to stay fit. His friend said, and it was not unusual to see him running around the outskirts of a small coastal Georgia city where he lived. 
uh, on a Sunday afternoon in February, as Mr. Aubrey ran through the suburban, suburban neighborhood of ranch houses, moss-draped oaks, he passed by a man who was standing in the front yard, who later told police that Mr. Aubrey looked like a suspect in a string of break-ins. According to the police report, the man, Gregory McMichael, called out to his son, Travis McMichael, and they grabbed their weapons, 357 Magnum revolver and a shotgun, and jumped into a truck and began to follow Mr. Aubrey. Stop, stop, they shouted at Mr. Aubrey. We want to talk to you. Moments later, over a struggle over the shotgun, Mr. Aubrey was killed. He shot at least twice. No one has been charged in the killing. Um, no one has been charged or arrested in the connection with the February 23rd killing. The case has received little attention beyond Brunswick, but has raised a question in the community about racial profiling. Mr. Aubrey was black. The father and the son were white. And the interpretation of the state's self-defense laws are a question. The Reverend John Davis Perry II, the president of the Brunswick chapter of the NAACP, has called the shooting troubling. Mr. Aubrey's friends and families have worried that the case, similar to other cases that have prompted national outrage, might quietly disappear in the Deep South community because of social distancing restrictions and the coronavirus outbreak have made it difficult for them to gather and protest. We can't do anything because of this corona stuff, said Ms. Wanda Cooper, Mr. Aubrey's mother. We thought about walking out where the shooting occurred just to do a little march, but we can't go out right now. Mr. Aubrey was killed three days before the anniversary of the 2012 killing of Trayvon Martin, an unarmed African-American teenager uh, whose confrontation with a Florida neighborhood watch captain, George Zimmerman, helped ignite the Black Lives Matter movement. According to documents obtained by the New York Times, a prosecutor who had the case for weeks told the police that the pursuers had acted within the scope of the Georgia citizen's arrest statute and that Mr. Travis McMichael, who held the shotgun, acted in self-defense. The police report does not mention whether Mr. Aubrey was in possession of a weapon. Attempts to reach Mr. McMichael, the retired investigator with the district attorney's office, were unsuccessful in a brief phone conversation with Mr. Travis McMichael, who runs a company that gives custom boat tours, declined comment, citing continuing investigation. And so, I mean, that's the article from the New York Times, which is now garnering national attention to Mr. Aubrey's case. And again, um, the family's attorney, Lee Merritt, I've had conversations with him. And the call for the family is for a thorough investigation by the Department of Justice as well as the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, because it seems as though this case was going to slide through the cracks. And um, listening to the prosecutor's um, attempt to explain this case um, brought up the Georgia um, citizen's arrest statute. And, and I would note for the, for the record, the citizen's arrest statute does not give you the right to use deadly force to protect property. And so my question at this point is why was Mr. and Mr. Mike McMichael, the father and the son, not charged? And so there's a lot of difficult questions that are now having to be raised about this case. One, why was not national attention brought on this case? Two, why did it take two and a half months for a decision to be made? Three, why was the Georgia Bureau of Investigation not called out? Because it seems that this may very well be either a law enforcement involved shooting or a shooting that involves somebody too connected with law enforcement for it to be accurately investigated appropriately. And we have to remember um, that the initial prosecutor that was on this case recused herself because of the connection to the former investigator who ended up shooting or being involved in the shooting of Mr. Aubrey. And so we, as interested out 
outside viewers of this must really keep a strong eye on what's happening. And so now this case is going viral um, because everyone is interested in what's going on down in Brunswick, Georgia. And, you know, the fact is it shouldn't take activists and attorneys and um, civil rights organizations raising the call for justice for this to happen. Um, you know, so I'm going to go to the Brunswick News. The Brunswick did, News did a story on this. This was back on April the 2nd, 2020. And it says, when retired district attorney investigator Greg McMichael saw a man he suspected of burglary sprinting down the Santilla Drive on the afternoon of February 23rd, he alerted his adult son and both grabbed their guns, according to the Glenn County Police Report. As the adrenaline-infused pursuit ensued, it ended a block away when Travis McMichael shotgun fired twice as he and the man struggled for possession of it. Greg McMichael told police, Ahmed Aubrey, 25, died on the spot, bleeding out in a matter of minutes, the police report said. The Glenn County Police Department released its report on the deadly incident in the news on Tuesday. It contained a deadly confrontation born of frustrations over the recent break-ins in the Centilla Shores neighborhood and the two McMichael men's suspicion that Aubrey took part in them. Ware County District Attorney George Barnhill's office is still investigating to determine whether criminal charges are warranted in the shooting. Greg McMichael served more than 30 years in a, as an investigator for the Brunswick Judicial Circuit District Attorney's Office before retiring last May. Prior to that, he was a Glenn County police officer for seven years. Brunswick DA Jackie Johnson cited a conflict of interest in turning the case over to the Ware County District Attorney. Barnhill told the news in late February the investigation could take weeks to complete. Aubrey's body was sent to for an autopsy at the Georgia Bureau of Investigation Crime Lab in Savannah. Barnhill said at the time he was particularly interested in the trajectory of the fatal gunshot a toxicology test of Aubrey is also being conducted he said home security video the neighborhood also is a part of the investigation the McMichael men and others were fed up with the burglaries and auto break-ins at the time this fateful afternoon unfolded police report indicated the senior McMichael told police that surveillance video in the neighborhood had earlier captured Aubrey in suspicious circumstances. McMichael told police he saw Aubrey the other night and that he reached for his pants as he was readying to draw his gun, Said the report said. Sometime around 1 p.m., McMichael and his son in the front yard of the 230 Centilla Drive saw when they saw Aubrey running down the street, the report said. McMichael dashed inside his house and called his son, Travis, the guy's running down the street, let's go. And he told the police and McMichael grabbed a 357 Magnum handgun and Travis grabbed a shotgun, not knowing if the male was armed or not. And the report said they ran back outside and hopped in the truck. McMichael drove down the Centilla Drive toward the intersection of Buford Road, the report says, and he spotted Aubrey running down Buford Road. Travis drove down Buford, Buford Road and tried to unsuccessfully cut Aubrey's escape with the truck, the report said. The Brunswick man then turned and started running back in the direction to which he came, the report said. And Travis and Michael again, without success, tried to cut him off with the truck. Greg and Michael jumped out, jumped into the truck's bed at this point and pursued, the pursuit resumed. At one point in pursuit, McMichael, the two McMichaels hailed, stop, stop, we want to talk to you. Travis and Michael pulled up beside Aubrey and, and again began, and again made it known that he wanted to talk to him, the report said. At this point, Travis and Michael exited the vehicle with the shotgun in his hand. McMichael stated he saw Aubrey begin to violently attack Travis and the two men started fighting over the shotgun, at which point Travis fired a shot and then a second shot. And then later there was a second shot. The report stated McMichael stated the man fell down to the pavement with his hand under his body. McMichael then searched Aubrey for a gun. The report said 
McMichael started to roll the man over to see if he had a weapon. The report said, and I observed blood on Mr. McMichael's hand from rolling Mr. Aubrey over. The county police report ends without stating whether Aubrey was in possession of a gun. Attempts to find that out have been unsuccessful. And so Aubrey had been a promising linebacker at Brunswick High School and played in the Georgia-Florida All-Star game his senior season in 2012. And so that's the, the story from the Brunswick News. And, I mean, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. And just from reading the police report, charges should be filed, period, point blank. Because even if these men believed that Mr. Aubrey had committed the burglaries some time ago, Georgia does not provide for individuals to take the law into their own hands in that respect. You can detain a suspect until law enforcement gets there, but to drive down the street armed to confront the suspect twice to attempt to block him with a car once and then to pull a shotgun on the suspect that at least seems like false imprisonment um is definitely aggravated assault and it's potentially murder and so my question at this point is why has the gbi not been called in why is the fbi not called in uh because there seems to be something very amiss at all of this and for the report not to mention whether or not there was a gun clearly there was not a gun so even if we believe that the suspect had committed burglaries some time in the past not currently um that does not necessitate the use of deadly force and it it's clearly another case of a trayvon martin type encounter now the issue of whether or not the older mcmichael was law enforcement is also key as well because if he's former investigated with DA's office he's probably um he's probably post certified so I'm going to join in elevating my voice as an activist in this case for um, the Georgia NAACP and call on you to reach out to the now third DA that's on this case because the second DA has recused themselves. And now Mr. Tom Durden with um, the Liberty County District Attorney's Office is, is investigating this. Um, and there seems that net definitely need to be charges um whether or not it was justified should be a decision of a jury because just from the police report there appears to be probable cause for at least false imprisonment and potentially aggravated assault if not murder and so we're going to keep a strong eye on this case again i want you to look up ahmaud aubrey case it's now trending on most of your social platforms and we have to assist his family in elevating this call now of course if the in if the facts bear out and again these are facts in the police report the facts bear out the mcmichaels need to have a trial and i've always been a, a proponent of a fair trial making sure that all of the facts and information come out but just from the police report there seems to be sufficient probable cause to charge somebody with a violation of georgia law i understand what maybe the potential the first district attorney said um as far as the citizens arrest statute but the citizens arrest statute doesn't give you the authority to follow somebody to chase them down with a car to shoot them twice and so there seems to be a serious issue um with with this case and i'm, I'm going to read the the citizens um arrest statute for you so you can know what georgia law actually says um because this is this is quite interesting um an interesting case for us to to look at it's official code of georgia 17460 and it says a private person may arrest an offender if the offense is committed in his presence 
or within his immediate knowledge. If the offense is a felony and the offender is escaping or attempting to escape, a private person may arrest him upon reasonable and probable grounds of suspicion. Now, from the police report, it indicated that they suspected previous burglaries and car break-ins not a current car break-in or burglary. And so, and nowhere in this statute or anywhere else in Georgia law does it provide that a citizen can use deadly force to effectuate an arrest. So I I think that the defense is probably going to be self-defense, but they followed Mr. Aubrey. They tried to restrain Mr. Aubrey, and then they shot him twice. Um, So I'm very concerned whether or not 17-4-60 applies, because again, that last clause, if the arrest is for a felony and the offender is escaping or attempting to escape, a private person may arrest him upon reasonable probable grounds of suspicion. But it also says if the offense, a private person may arrest an offender if the offense is committed in his presence or within his immediate knowledge. So we need to, and again, that's immediate knowledge, not past knowledge, immediate knowledge. So even from the police report, when you see the person running down the street and you say they were car, they were break-ins either the night before or sometime in the past, that that. That's that calls into question whether or not this was a lawful attempt to restrain Mr. Aubrey. But even if it was nowhere in Georgia law, does it provide for a private citizen to use deadly force to protect property or prevent the escape of a potential suspect? They could have easily, while they were following Mr. Aubrey, called the police got the police on the phone, told the police what he was wearing, where he was going, and the police could have encountered him. Because just imagine you're out for a jog and two guys pull up with from you asking for you to stop, trying to stop you, and they're armed, and you don't know what these individuals want. I mean, you have the same right to defend yourself as the individuals who are saying that they're defending themselves even though they're following you. So I just think that we got to look a little bit deeper into this case, um, especially with the climate in the country, especially with what just happened, you know, not more than eight years ago, not far from Brunswick, because um, Sanford, Florida is not that far. It's probably about two and a half hours away from Brunswick. Uh, so we, we got to look into this and we will get to the bottom of it. I told you the Georgia NAACP is going down to investigate. We are already in contact with the lawyers. Um, Lee Merritt is an exceptional lawyer, and hopefully we'll have him on the platform so he can talk about this once his case is is resolved. Um, But please help get the word out. Share this information so we can get the word out uh, on the Ahmaud Arbery case. This is Attorney Gerald Griggs, a justice fighter here on the Justice Media Network, and we will continue to bring you this information as it becomes available to us. This is the Justice Fighter Podcast. Justice Fighter Podcast. With Attorney Gerald Griggs. Attorney G. Well, we have conversations on social justice, civil rights, and political news that affects us all. Let Attorney Griggs put you on game. Only on the Justice Fighter Podcast, y'all. What's going on, y'all? It's Attorney Gerald Griggs, a Justice Fighter. And thank you again for listening to another edition of the Justice Fighter Podcast. The Justice Fighter Podcast is brought to you by Gerald A. Griggs, LLC, the Justice Media Network, Trillmonger Entertainment, and a host of others. And it's our attempt to bring you the information, accurate information, 
in real time about issues of social justice, civil rights, accountability, and the law. And so if you want to continue to listen, to subscribe, to share, please go on all streaming platforms and look for the Justice Fighter podcast. We're going to bring you the information in real time so that you can understand what's happening, so that you can be safe, so that you can know what your rights are, and so that we can get justice for those who strive and for those voices that are being muted. So again, it's Attorney Gerald Griggs, the Justice Fighter. Thank you for listening to the Justice Fighter podcast brought to you by Justice Media, the Justice Media Network. Again, we will catch you at the next edition. Please, please share, please subscribe, please like, and please tell a friend about the Justice Fighter podcast. It's Attorney Gerald Griggs, and I approve this message.